It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. And welcome into the podcast, the Final Four preview edition, but it's going to be so much more than just that. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal and Rick Boring from MusketeerReport.com. Before, before we get into basketball talk, though, um, I understand you got served some papers yesterday, Rick. Is that, is that correct? Can you, can you share that story with us? I have no idea what the hell was going on at my house yesterday. Um, you got served. Some you lady, got served. some lady came up in a nondescript car. It wasn't like the and, post office. And just for people who know, anything. you live in the back of a neighborhood. It is a neighborhood. Like, it's a private drive. drive. It is yeah. a private drive. You don't yes. come up to my house Correct. on accident. Correct. That's that, right. That is That's never right. an accident if you come to my house. Um, and so, my, someone knocks on my door at an odd time, and I don't usually get company. So I go downstairs and open the door, and the lady literally just goes, "Catherine." Very, like, very low, just goes Catherine and hands me a large manila envelope and ju- just immediately starts walking back towards her car, like, kind of briskly. <laughs> and, I, and I'm – so I, she says Catherine. And I go, Who, I'm like, wait, who's I'm, that? Uh, who is that? Uh, and and she's, she's just going. Like, just doesn't even respond to me going, like, wait, what? Who? And this almost sounds like something off the sci-fi channel, doesn't it? <laughs> it weirded really does. me the hell out. She gets in her car, loops, you know, loops around. You can't just turn around at my house. So she has to do, like, a little thing. Leaves, and I'm like kind of out on the porch, like still waving, like "Hey, uh, uh, here." Uh, never mind. Okay, so then I go into my house. I tweet about it. People have all types of theories on what's going to well, happen. That, to I me. mean, I thought you got served. I thought you Literally. got served too, based the way it sounded. So, so to give people the those who may have followed that on Twitter yesterday, and and there's a chunk that did. I, I didn't see what the end game was and the end result was. Yeah, so I posted a poll. I was like, "What should I do? Is Anthrax going to fall out on me?" And like. <laughs> What what did I just get served or what? Brandon. <laughs> so, so I opened it up. Well, well, hang on. What, what did it say on the envelope? Nothing. Okay, just addressed to nobody. Okay, right, okay. Yeah, it was very weird. And then I open it up, and it's like registration forms for a girls' team of some sort. Like everyone's was like all the names on it were like girls' names, and then it was like you know address and um, somebody like, asking you to coach. That's what I said. Like, I think I just got a new coaching job. I'm pretty sure that's what that was. Someone's like, we got a loaded AAU team. You're the guy to run it. And I was like, okay. Like, so I just kept the papers, and I'm waiting for the first practice. I have no idea what's going on. What, does, I mean, you, you're the coach. you got to call and set practice. What, what age group is this, possibly? Don't know. I, I mean, that's no a idea. great question. Did you skip, I did, did, did any didn't name, say, did didn't say like, resonate? Sarah, age 18. Okay. No. No names resonated, though? I didn't did, know any of the names. I have we got nothing. It's tremendous. Did still, you get, were there num- phone numbers? Like, yeah. You're going to start making some calls? Or? I guess that's probably the right thing to do. Yeah, set up a, set up a practice and see how it goes. <laughs> what well, I mean, it probably it, want to be like a choir. Be is it basketball? Is it it's like a choir? You don't know. Synchronized swimming. What if it's like lacrosse or soccer or something like that? I have no ability to coach. This is going to suck. If I've just got to be a coach of a team that I can't even coach. I mean, I just watch a couple YouTube videos and you'll be good. Yeah. That is true. You can learn anything off YouTube. Yes, yes you can. Yes, you can. I, I, what, seriously, what, if I, what do I do if I just start calling, like, hello, Amber? Yeah, yeah I This got, is Rick Broering. I got your registration form here. Um, I would try to find out. Meet me at President's Park on Tuesday at 2. Yeah, that <laughs> I'm pretty sure I get on a list for that. That won't be too, too creepy. The, police will, the yeah. police will be there. I'm pretty exactly. sure I get on a list for exactly. that. So I don't know what the next play is. Man, man, asked, man asked 12 juvenile girls to park. <laughs> 
Wow. I swear to God, I thought I was coaching him. Co-host of the Skinny Podcast. Exactly. Holy cow. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd get to the bottom of this very quickly if I were you, my friend. I live a weird life yes, somehow. Yes, you do. I don't know how things like that happen to me. Oh. Owner of Xavier site on <laughs> sex offender list. Invites 12 girls to park. <laughs> Wow, brings blanket. <laughs> I'm I'm legitimately now that you guys say stuff like that. I'm legitimately a little bit worried about what's like. I feel like this is like a scandal episode. And I'm yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like the other shoe's going to drop in yeah. two weeks. And Chris Hansen no dude's going to walk out of the corner and he's yeah. he's, he's going to knock on your door next. We got him right where we want him. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Somebody's playing chess while I'm playing checkers. Yeah, over here. that's exactly that's right. Sure. That's exactly right. Uh, let's talk some basketball. We'll get to the final four here in just a little bit. We've got some news pertaining to UC here in just a bit. Let's start though with Xavier and, and Edmund. Sumner because we literally had just talked about it on the on the uh, the post weekend podcast on on Monday. Were you surprised the decision came that quickly? Uh, yeah. Based on our conversation that we had the other day, I'm assuming you are. I was. Um, basically, what happened is I guess they got some new information from the the doctors as they were coming home from the NCAA tournament, and that made the decision for Edmund fairly easily. And it was exactly what we talked about. They just it was sort of before it was hey we have no idea what the timeline is, and then they pretty much told him hey best case scenario you're probably looking at January. And that's best case. So you're not ready to go in January. All of a sudden that becomes late January or February. And he just felt like, hey, if I've only got five weeks to do it and I'm not myself for three of those weeks or something, that's just – that's not going to be beneficial to me. Ultimately the right decision. I think so too. And and you start – the one thing I, I wasn't realizing and bringing up last week when we were talking about this is that the NBA has expanded their roster size to 15 from 13 to right. 15 yeah, yeah, yeah. this yeah, past yeah. year. And they have two spots now that are called the G League, which is basically a spot where they're on the NBA roster, but they're not taking up a roster spot on your bench like one of the 13 spots, and you can send them down to the D League. And I, and I they get 200000 and it's not against the cap, I think. Yeah, it's low six which, figures, which and it doesn't count against the cap. Which is a good piece of change to be a D League player. I mean, well, it's much different right. than the, 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 20, you know, the, the 20 to $30,000 right. that you get right. as a D League player. Um, so that is significant if you can get one of those spots. And those spots make it a lot more likely that an NBA team does take you with an injury and keep you around and then put you on the D-League roster. And also, the new some of the new mock brackets just came out, and Edmund was like 36, 37th now that he declared. So he's projected higher second round, so it's better than a lot of people were thinking anyway. That's what I was going to ask you. I was going to put you in, in the shoes of, a, of an NBA GM because you, you still there, – there are some questions about his game too. It's not just the injury. There's questions about – can he be a consistent jump shooter at that level? Um, will he take care of the ball well at that level? I mean, there, there's some legitimate questions. Can he about stay healthy? Game. Can he stay healthy? Because the body type suggests maybe not. Um, so I'll put, put put you in the in the shoes of an NBA GM. If you if you were in that in that vein, would you go ahead and take a flyer on him in the second round and stash him? Would that be the the the, the thing to do? And is that the best case scenario for him, or is there even a better case for him? Um, I think that is probably the best case scenario for him because. Here's the thing. If he doesn't get drafted and he becomes a free agent, then he's on his own for the rehab stuff. Right. And Or you sign with a D-League team and you're rehabbing in a D-League facility and you do with, not no, want right. to do that. No, Some you, of those are would, like you, warehouses. You like, would have been – if that's the case, and hopefully he got the proper information in this regard, um, if that was the case, you're better off staying at Xavier and rehabbing. Yeah, yeah. So you have the rehab paid for it. Right. You have the best facilities possible. But – 
you know, I mean, again, the mock drafts coming out now are having him in the upper second rounds. I imagine those guys aren't like just completely guessing on correct. that. I imagine no, they're getting no. some information and, and, and saying that, that's post injury. I mean, we're not talking about this is something you look back. Right. And go, oh, that was done in November. Well, once the injury happened, he right. dropped off of all the mock right. drafts and they pushed him back to 2018. Now that he declared, well, because I new... think the assumption was he was going to come back to Xavier for a year to show. Correct. Himself. Everyone immediately yeah. said that. Um, but the new ones that just came out since he announced have him in higher, much higher in the second round than we expected. So, and, and, there, and there that, is no guaranteed money there for those that don't know. But the, but the point is, you're right. If you can get stashed on a D league roster and hopefully get that middle part portion of it and get a chance to go train at an NBA facility, rehab, rehab. at an NBA facility, it, it is the right thing to do. Yeah, I know, I mean, I know if, people don't want to hear that. If he gets drafted by an NBA team, he can stay with them up until the first game start rehabbing with the which NBA team, late. and then he'd go to a D league team and, and start rehabbing with them, which. Most of the hard stuff would be done by the And point. I haven't followed the D-League as much as I, I, I really never followed it, but it used to be really it was kind of a mishmash of thrown around the country. It seems like a lot of teams now have a team almost in their backyard. Yeah. Um, Cavs a have lot. a team in Canton. Brooklyn has one at the same facility, right, if yeah. I'm not mistaken? Oklahoma City has they, their own team. Okay. They own yeah. their own team, yeah. and it's in Oklahoma City. Um, more of them now have a one-to-one relationship yeah. where they have basically a D-League team. And they're close. They're not stuff. like it's, it's, it's you sent someone. Most are. Yeah. A lot, a lot yeah. of them are now, yeah. Now, the interesting thing with, with where he goes is going to be the impact of a great point guard draft. Because you're going to see a lot of those teams in the early part of the second round that took a point guard in the first round. So it's going to be interesting to see just where he slots into that or is there somebody that passes on a point guard that needs one early in that second round. Uh, point or, guard wise, or, or needs one in two years, yeah, or three years, and is and is, is is looking down the road. That's a perfect time to take in, a guy like. In that. terms of point guards, I don't know that we've had a draft this good in fifteen years. And you're looking at three of the top five guys, five of the top ten might be point guards. Yeah, though I don't know because of what Skinny just said. I don't know, like I don't think many teams are looking at it as oh, he's fix. competing with these no, guys. And for I think point I know. He's what you're talking about guys in a year or two. Yeah, I think the ones you're talking about are, are the lottery picks that are going to be plugged in and start from day one. Right. You're talking about a guy. I'm that just you know, saying we've got an aging point guard coming the end. No, of No, what I'm saying is if he's going to go early in the first round or second, second round. Because of the way the draft goes, a lot of those teams early in the second round are going to just take in a point guard in the first round. And not many teams right. are like the Minnesota Timberwolves take and seven. draft seven point guards. Yeah, right. Now, maybe he ends up in Minnesota because they love point guards. And they've yet to find one. <laughs> but if you think um, for from the NBA team's pers- perspective, like – what 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 happened with Samaje Kristen? Like Oklahoma City drafts him late in the second round, never really keeps him around on their roster. He goes overseas, goes to the D League, but they still have control over right. him for when he comes right. back two or three years later, whatever it was. And now they've been able when when Samaje Kristen was kind of a commodity before this year, and a couple teams were looking like, man, it'd be nice to add a backup point guard like him. Oklahoma City still had control of him, right. was able to keep him on the roster, and then they dealt campaign. So. It makes sense, I think, as an NBA team to get a guy like that because theoretically, like Edmonds, more talented than Samaje Kristen is. Yeah, and, and, again, I, in, in, and in the second round, you would assume it's not an immediate need. So, hence, you get a chance to look and, and project down the road to say, "Look, we'll give this kid a year or two to, to, to get himself healthy, play some play some D league competition, and then hopefully by year the year three, and I'm including this coming year as being year one for him. By year three, he's ready to play in this league, and he's shown that he can play in this league. Yeah, I'll be honest, I'm a big San Antonio Spurs fan, and have, have been since I was little. It's not like a new thing since they've you know been who good James last Silas years. is. I do know who James Silas right, is, but sure. more importantly, I'm a Sean Elliott, Avery Johnson, gotcha. okay. Rob okay. Ory era guy. Um, NBA Jam. 
Yeah, well, I had the uh, David Robinson was my first favorite player. I had like a David Robinson, Admiral Clock in my room. It was about the it was Whopper, awesome. Billy Poltz. That's that's lost on me. Larry Keenan. I must be too young for that. George Gervin. Yeah, right, the Ice Man. Nice man. Um, but I would think like done. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, it would be. I would like for them to draft him because you know Tony Parker. I've been done with for the last two years. That would be at the back end of the second round, though. That would yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking end of the second round, but I'm just saying if you're talking about teams that yeah. would look good for, like I'd look. If it were my team, I would be happy to say, like, oh, they need a point guard in the future. And they've been I really good at developing guys, too. If you look at their roster. That's the other thing. I don't even, do they have a lottery pick on their roster? Why would they have a lottery pick? They haven't. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't think they do. I mean, I don't think any at point, this point, like Duncan. Through a, trade, through a trade of some kind. But, yeah. Duncan, Duncan was the last. Was probably the last one. Yeah. There might, might, they might be Kawhi? a guy. Back end? No, uh, just outside the lottery. Yeah, back Kawhi, Kawhi was like 15, 13. Yeah, 17 through 20 or something yeah, like that. I just say. outside yeah. the lottery. Okay. So, but, I mean, they, they've done a great job of, 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 of evaluating. Hell, and they've turned slow-mo into a player, Rick. But I've said that all along. I loved Kyle Anderson's game. And he fit there. Like, I don't know anywhere else that he would have been a really good fit in the NBA. I could have seen him playing for Golden State, too. Yeah. Any team that really values that four-out move the ball and shoot threes, he was going to work for because he's such a great passer and he's so versatile with his length. You can play him at the four now in the, in the current NBA. Yeah. And, and he worked perfectly for San Antonio. Yeah. You can move him between the two and the four in the NBA. And he's actually gotten way better defensively than I yeah. expected. Like, it, it needs certain matchups, but he's – I don't know why we're talking about the NBA. Yeah, no, what, a, what a great nickname for a guy, though. Slow-mo. Slow-mo. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, we, we talked a little bit on, on Monday about Trayvon Blewett. Um, he obviously has not made a decision yet. Do you expect him to go and make this quickly, or do you think he does the whole – goes through the whole process, puts the name in, doesn't get an agent, and then has the option to pull the name back out? You were right about Kawhi Leonard, by the way, 15th. Okay. 15th. Exactly. Okay. Um, so with Trayvon, I think the the expectation is certainly that he's going to put his name in, at least test the yeah. waters. You would think this year he at least gets invited to the Combine, right. gets to go through all of that. Um, we'll have a much better understanding of how it all works, and I think it will be a lot smoother process for him this time around. Whether he stays or goes – I'll ha- I'll believe it when I see it in terms of him staying. Yeah, no, I I, I, I thought the timeline of that is, is exactly what you said. I mean, get a chance to go to the combine this time around, put your name in, see what they say, see what they evaluate you, and then you can make a, a really good decision. I mean, last year the decision was basically made for him. I mean, it was pretty easily made for him. This year, if he gets a chance to go, you get you get at least a chance for some real feedback. Yeah, and uh, I think basically if he decides to go, he will have decided this is as high as my stock right. will ever be. And, right. and let's be honest, he's not going to be a first-rounder this year. Right. So it's, he's going to decide second round is the best I can do, and I'm ready to go start that next phase of my life. I don't. I think he's thinking about it more than he expected. That's how Brian Snow put it last night, is that he's thinking about this more than he expected to be thinking about this. So I think as a Xavier fan, if you want him to come back, that's all you can ask for at this point. And obviously it completely changes the dynamic of the team if he does come back. You're talking about a team that's... You know, going to be young and have a chance to be good, but definitely not going to be ranked preseason, I wouldn't think, without him. Versus if he's there, there may be a top 15 pre- right. team preseason. Right. right, big difference. Let's talk about some news impacting UC, and it's been talked about for, for a few months, and that's Wichita State leaving the Missouri Valley and, and coming to the the American. It seems like it's, it's obviously much closer now, Chad, to coming to fruition, and not just them coming – but them coming and maybe even playing in, in the upcoming season, the seventeen eighteen season. Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing about it for a couple months now, and everything has pointed to 
they're coming. It's just a matter of working out whether or not they're going to come in 17, 18, or 18, 19. Um, that I know just heated up really quick all of a sudden, though, didn't it? It's been on the burner for a long time. Well, I know, but that's but, sort but of it like... just got out into the media. But I about, think the media seen about... this coming season and then playing, I think. Yeah, uh, that's, there was some trepidation from some of the schools in the American, probably some of the schools at the bottom of the conference, <laughs> that didn't want to add and I would a top-10 team. You know what? Until you're, above, until you're above 150 in RPI, shut up and yeah. take, your, take another L. Right. Have a good day. Yeah. Correct. So um, it looks like everything is pointing towards that. They seem to be working through that more. Um, I don't think there is a big buyout to get Wichita State out. Um, from what I've heard, I think they just have to give up their tournament shares. Which this year is nothing. They're the only team that made the tournament. Yeah. So, Which, and then it gets split through all the schools. Well, the schools and, right. I mean, so. they've had years where they had three, four teams. Yeah. Maybe even a year where they had, I don't think they had five in a year. But I they think had four. Th- yeah, they yeah. had three or four teams. Creighton. Which changes, yeah. When they were in there. Um, but uh, it sounds like it's it's steaming towards them potentially joining for next season. Well, and I've, I've been asked a question. I know the answer to this, but I want you to answer it. Um, people ask me, well, why would they want to leave the Valley? And, and it's, a, it's a pretty simplistic answer, really. Money. Yeah. They're not, get, they're not getting the any. TV, I mean, TV dollars are nothing. But they're not going to get a full share in the American Correct. of well, the 1.9 per year, the whopping 1.9. You can at least argue now in the American. You can argue now that they become an automatic third team to make a tournament. Yeah. And, and in a good year – you add hopefully Temple bouncing back or UConn bouncing back. Or and Memphis Central Florida back. looks like they're going to be good. Central Florida on the rise. Um, who am I missing? I'm missing one. Oh, Houston. Houston. Uh, Houston. Yeah. I mean, so hopefully, hopefully, and it, it obviously killed UC this year and it killed SMU this year. Hopefully then you're talking about a year where it's four, five, six teams to get in. And at least seven or eight that are good. Right. That suddenly you're not being dragged down by, by playing East Carolina twice. Well, you still are, but not as bad. But, but you've got a chance to counter, right. counterbalance that. You had no counterbalance. No. Outside of the top two, you had – well, Houston did work itself up to, what, f- close to 50th in the RPI by the Skinny, end. Skinny, remember the, the reveal? Yes. Yeah. The, the top four seed line reveal on what was that, the 16th of February, February? February 11th. You know how many top 50 games – Cincinnati played between February 11th and the start of the NCAA tournament. I'll say two, and both of them were SMU, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, and they played at least a 300 game in there and maybe even a high 200. Yeah. Through no fault of their own. I mean, it, no. it's because the league dragged them down, for yes. goodness sakes. Um, the other question would be, do they end up splitting the league into two divisions, you no. think, or, or they keep it as one? And, keep it as one. Man, I love the two, though. I, I, I don't know. I Nobody's doing the two I know, Nobody is doing the two. I, you're right. There'd be 11. It would be an odd oh, number. That's a good point. You're right. That's right. So it wouldn't make so any sense. Say, you're right. It's, uh, I'm just thinking football because football, they have the extra team with Navy being in Well, they, they split it in football. They do have divisions in right. football. Right. No, I was thinking of Navy being in, in the thing. Yeah. They're in there just for, just for football. Um, but obviously a good move. Yeah. I mean, it would be a fantastic move. Could you imagine adding Wichita State home and home onto UC's schedule most years? I mean, yeah. it would probably be most years you'd play home and home. You would home, hope. Right? Yeah. How yeah. often does that rotate right they, now? There's, right now, there's only two teams that you don't play twice. Okay. I guess there would be three. Sta- I, was just, I don't know the answer. Do they have a standing like eight teams? No. Okay. They've got a formula okay. that they use that tries it's as best as possible to match the top teams with the crappy teams right. on who you play once. To be fair. To, well, no. So, the, so you don't to get not be down. fair. Right. In the, in the- how, how much do you think if, if UC splits a home and home this past year with Wichita State? How much do you think that changes it, things as long, for them? As long as you would have taken off um, one of the – they played East Carolina twice, correct? Yeah, the two right. they didn't play twice were South Florida and Memphis. So they played – who's the other bottom feeder? I'm drawing, oh, Tulane. Tulsa. Tulane. Tulane, Tulane. Yeah. yeah. So take one of the take one of those games out of the – or actually maybe even take two of those games out of the mix, one at each place, and throw that Wichita's way. I think it affects them greatly. I mean – In a positive way. Yeah. 
at least, least the get, seed line. As long as you I don't mean, get rolled. But at least the seed line, and you're probably talking a much better chance at a four, right? Correct. Yeah. If, it's, it, it's a huge it's a huge get for the league. Because, yeah. I mean, I wrote a column the other day, and, and, and honestly, it, it, it's really more league-related. I mean, you see, as it stands today, Wichita joining it changes that mix, and the way the league has trended here, you're, you're in a tough spot. I mean, you can't really help yourself. No, and I get where you're coming from with a lot of that, and I agree on a lot of that. The, the simple fact of the matter is, and I'm, I'm to the point I'm done holding on to hope that East Carolina and South Florida and, and Tulane are going to get better. Not, that's not going to happen. You're always going to have dregs in a league. Every league has them. But you Memphis want the and UConn and, and right, those are the ones. That, Temple and they can't all be ba- bad. Dude, they can't talking, all be down. We're three years removed from UConn winning a national championship. We're less than a decade removed from Memphis being in the final. We're not talking about going back to the 1960s right. and talking, hoping that Loyola is going to be Temple's great one of the ten winningest programs right. of all time, and have had great success over the years of making the tournament and making some at least nice yeah, yeah, runs, winning a couple some, games, right. In the tournament, so yeah, those are the ones you got. You got to hope the, the, they back. can't have. It was Cincinnati and SMU both in the top twenty-five. Houston was near fifty, and then everybody else was below a hundred. That that can't happen. That cannot happen. You've got to have teams in that seventy-five range. You've got to have a couple teams up in the fifty, forties, and fifties. Yes. You know, to complement your one or two teams that yeah. are. That's near why the Rich, top. Rich points a great one. I mean, throw Wichita in there and take out two of the dreg games, and you you just by one team playing them. You change the home seed line. You change the seed line completely, yep. no, without question. Plus, then everybody else plays them, and it drag pulls them up just a little bit in some circumstances. Now, the other flip side though is 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 what does UConn do with, with all this? I mean, that I don't the think they've been talked do. about. I think they want to. I think they oh, know I think they, they absolutely can't. want to. When they denied it, they absolutely they want know to. they. I mean, they can't. They have spent. A lot of money on football. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how you just light that money on fire and justify it to your your university, your fan base. It doesn't make sense. Well, there's just – there's become – I think the farther they've gotten into those talks, the more complications they've realized there are. And the fact of the matter is they're in a similar situation as you see. They don't have a bunch of money sitting around in their athletic right. department, and they poured way too much into football over the last few years. So – it. I, it, it sounds like that stuff has fizzled out to a large extent. It's not. But done it was yet. real. It's it was very real. Oh, it was yeah. real than what people st- thought it was. It's still fairly real. Yeah. Like it's going to be talked about still. But the I think he still wants them. Yeah, uh, to an extent. I think. I don't think that's the thing. I don't think either side is sold on it. Like I don't think the B- Big East is like we have to make it happen. And I think UConn knows it's going to be really difficult for them to make it happen. So my guess is it just doesn't. At yeah. least not now. Yeah. Uh, let's talk, uh, we talked a little bit of coaching stuff on Monday, and, and we had surmised Anthony Grant would be a good fit for Dayton. And it was funny because his name didn't really pop into the mix other than people throwing it in there because it was logical to throw him in there. We had it here first. <laughs> well, we, we surmised it. But it was funny. I, if you saw stuff leading up to that, his name was never really mentioned Hot. other yeah. than people – like us throwing him in there because it made logical sense, um, but it, it does make logical sense for for them to hire him, and they end up doing it. Yeah, he's an alumni. He's got ties to the city. He's got ties to the university, and he's a really good coach. Yeah, I mean, what happened at Alabama? That's just a tough place to win. But he still was over five hundred at Alabama. He, yeah, it wasn't I think, like, had, I think they had higher expectations off of Godfrey because Godfrey had done some things, right, wrong, or different. He had done some. Good he, things. he had recruited great talent, correct, and, and gone five hundred in the league every yeah, year. Yeah, um, but he had done some things. Yeah. and Anthony wasn't able to capitalize and take that any further. In fact, it went a little bit backwards it's about the five hundred mark, as you mentioned. But he's yeah. a good coach. He's a really good coach. I mean, he was really good at VCU. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I don't think it was the best hire. Uh, but I don't think it's a bad one either. Like I think, I think the problem is 
anytime you make, and not that this guy's like at the end of his career, he's a guy that's trying to reestablish himself as a head coach. I understand that. It's not Tommy Tuberville going to end his career and he's going to be done. But anytime you go into a coaching decision and part of, part of the reason you're making the decision is, oh, he might stick around longer, like he might not be jumping jobs, I don't think it's like the best way to hire a well, coach, they, period. But, but Dayton has had a level of stability, though. They're not like a two-year-and-done program for coaches. Right, but they're tired of guys leaving every five years. They want yeah, someone that's I'm going sorry, to stick that, around longer that, than that. That's going to happen. I mean, if Anthony well, Grant, and they think Anthony, Anthony Grant, Grant has, might stick around because he's a UD no. alum. If no. he has the same success that Sean Miller – or I mean, that uh, Archie Miller just had – Somebody else is going to come calling from a bigger school again. I know your point. I'm just telling you, if that's the, they're delusional if they believe. If, that. if Jim Laranega retires, and the Miami Hurricanes come calling for absolutely Anthony Grant. You take he's going to Miami. Correct. Uh, well, the problem is he's going to have a serious rebuild in front no of doubt. them. There's they, no doubt. they lose everything, and he's going to probably lose his recruits that he needs to keep as well. And so. his ace recruiter when he was at Alabama is at Northern Kentucky University. Yeah, there's that. So um, it's maybe he'll get a home at home. It'll be interesting. I don't, I, I don't think he was the best name available out of some of the young. I think I would have tried to go with one of the other younger guys, but it's certainly not a bad hire. Yeah, no, I, 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 it makes logical sense. Um, anything new on the Georgetown front? Tommy Amaker seems to be the one I hear the most. Yeah, it's Danny Hurley, um, Tom Crean, Tommy Amaker, um, Patrick Ewing. Um, Richard Patino. That would be interesting. <laughs> the last ones. Wow. None of them really do any. I think, right. I think Hurley's the best option out of those. I think he'd be the best recruiter. I said last night on the Dana and Victory podcast, uh, MusketeerReport.com, that I am dying for it to be Tom Crean because the rivalry between Xavier and Georgetown will go through the roof immediately if Tom Crean becomes the head coach. Of any Big East, any Big East team that Tom Crean would coach would be one of Xavier's biggest rivals immediately. Tom has had some not so nice things to say about Xavier yeah. on the recruiting yeah. trailer. Uh, there's not any love lost between those two coaching staffs. I can tell you that. Would there be a post game handshake? Oh yeah, it'd, it'd be something. It'd be a blow by. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. well, Crean blows by it to everybody, yeah. so yeah. it'd probably be like Mac trolling quick him fish, on the way. The quick, yeah. quick fish that you throw out at him for, for the handshake. Um, speaking of the Big East and, and, and the NBA, and I'm, I'm kind of bouncing around here, but uh, they, the St. John's loses a couple of couple of dudes, and for a program that doesn't have or is going to lose probably a couple of dudes, they've got two that. Transferred. Yeah. It, it just – I mean, I don't – I really don't know what the direction is over there. I don't think they do either. The Chris they Mullen got, thing Chris was Mullen, an interesting idea. I just don't think it's working out. Really? <laughs> he's – like, I don't – he's a GM, and I don't even think he's good at that. <laughs> his, uh, his roster development is – I mean, he gets some dudes. He can get some talent. He has proven that. But it just – there's not a lot of direction yeah. for what the plan is yeah. after he – Acquires that talent. And by the way, we'd be remiss if we don't give a shout out to Jack Owens. Jack, good luck in the death trap that you just took the job at, my friend. I wish you well. Yeah, I mean, Travis Steele was involved uh, to a certain extent with that job, pulled his name. Um, there was another. John Gross. John Gross was. John Brandon, I think. No. No, no. He was involved he with Dayton. He said no. Yeah, he was involved with Dayton. Miami called and he said thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. yeah. That, was yeah. A wise, that was a wise, quick phone call. Yeah. I think I, mean, I, wish the guy, I do wish the guy luck. I mean, how about that? You walk in and take that job and you don't have a lot of good players to begin with, but they did have the Mac freshman of the year. And did you, he, have you really looked at that kid's numbers? They were really good. Well, there was one that was a little questionable. 
See what his turnovers per 40 minutes was? No, I did not see that. 6.8. That's high. That's high. That is high. He averaged four and a half turnovers a game. But at least he could get some buckets for for, for a group that they they just were. I mean, he's got guys got a long rebuild. A long rebuild. Good luck to you, Jack, at Miami. And, and, And Northern has made that job exponentially harder. No doubt. I mean, there's no the guy. resurgence of Northern and their ability to recruit guys from I mean, argu- this region. Arguably, if somebody wants to throw, well, you're going to a one and done league. I would tell you, you know what, the MAC is anymore. One, it's and, a one done and done league. league. I and mean, the thing, you know, if you look in the region, Greater Cincinnati, the area is not a um, hotbed for high, high major talent. But there's always a lot of guys at that level. Yes, absolutely. And right now, Northern's the more attractive destination. Correct. Correct. And you're, so, talking, but you're also talking about whatever radius you want to draw, too. Yeah. I mean, they both probably have similar recruiting budgets, I would assume. Probably. Um, well, similar recruiting. Miami probably a touch more, but not a not, lot. Not a lot. But, but basically, you're drawing a radius of where you're going to yeah. probably draw kids from for the most part. And you're drawing almost the same exact radius, for goodness sakes. Yep. So, it's a rough job. It is. It's, it's, it's very, very difficult. I nominated you. but I probably appreciate that. Yeah, that, that, that would trap. That would yeah. I, even even as much as I would have enjoyed the 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 chance to do it, you know what I would have, I would have even think I would have said no. I would have said thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> local local TV personality <laughs> turns thanks, down Miami no job. I mean, that would have been a tough blow. That, that's that would have been a situation where I'll go should have hired a search firm. You didn't, didn't <laughs> yeah. have to admit yeah. that yeah. one. Did, they, <laughs> need, you need to pay Eddie Fogler's hundred thousand dollars. Tweet that. that is. Wait, Richard Skinner turns <laughs> turns down Miami. Even I would have turned down Miami if, it, if the job hadn't already been accepted. I would tweet that out right now. Yeah. Former Division Two AAU <laughs> champion coach. turns down turns down Miami job. Even I would have turned it down. I mean, you just don't have a chance. You have no chance. That's right and up I believe, there. As you know, I very much believe in myself. I just don't believe in myself there. That's right up there with Hilbert calling people when the UC job came open. Never, never know. I'm interested. Never know. You never know. Um, I said touch on the on the uh, on the final four um, uh, matchup wise. Um, what are you looking at? Uh, Brendel, what what just happened over he just, there? He just feet Did you just punch your microphone? No, I he, hit the, he, he swung my hard. My elbow hit uh-huh. the okay. yeah, bottom he, of the he thing. Swung hard. Let's talk about each of the matchups. Um, I saw a rapid movement. North Carolina and Oregon, um, that, that has a chance to just be really a good really good game. good game. I mean, both of them do in different ways. Yeah. One is slugfest and one a little probably more aesthetically appealing for, for folks. But but really, we talked about this a little bit on Monday. I, I just – and. Maybe I'm including that group. We all, I think, sold Oregon short from a, from a talent perspective because of one injury. Because of the well, injury. I, I don't think we anticipated Jordan Bell becoming a right. monster. Like, I mean, how do you see that? How no, you, no, I agree. How do I you agree. how do you project that when you they only lost Boucher for one game before the end of the season, and you didn't really get a chance to see. You know, Xavier had seven weeks after Edmund Sumner got hurt to, to develop an identity. Oregon did, did, but they just did it in a very Small period of time. Um, Logic says it's North Carolina. But my head says Oregon has the two best players on the floor. And Dylan Brooks and Tyler Dorsey. Or the two best scorers. scorers. The two best offensive players on the floor and those two guys. It makes me want to, to go with Oregon. But, I mean... Carolina's the better overall team. The problem is, how much does that Carolina front line wear down right. the Oregon front line? This is the first time they'll be seeing a team that can really 
punish them for not having Boucher. Joel Berry's playing hurt, too. Now, he's playing through it. On and, two bad ankles. Yeah, he's playing hurt. Um, and, again, he's going to play through it. He even said, look, I got two more games. I'm going to suck this up. And I believe that. But, you know, occasionally the body will tell you something different, too. Well, and I think the most interesting, you know, one-on-one or individual matchup in the game is going to be whoever Theo Penson guards right. out of Brooks or Dorsey. Because Theo Penson is an excellent defender. He, he was, he, he, Jackson had a little bit to do with that, but it was most yeah. of, they were great against and, and Penson is probably going to be able to limit one of those two guys. Is that enough to, to stop Oregon? I mean, I want to pick Oregon, but I think I'm going North Carolina. Yeah, I'm going North Carolina. It's not that difficult for me, although, I, I mean, like you said, I have been underestimating this Oregon team the whole tournament, and I'm still doing it. I don't think they're better than North Carolina, but the way they've played, they've been as impressive as anyone. I mean, what they did to Kansas, which was arguably the hottest right. team in the tournament, it wasn't a, a win. It was, Beat them they down. Yeah, they, they rolled them. Yeah, they rolled them. And I think what Chad said is, is the key is that Tyler Dorsey has given them to where they don't always – they don't just have Dylan Brooks out there who's usually the best player. Tyler Dorsey has been their best player in the NCAA tournament. Right. So they've got two guys now that are playing at that level in addition to some other pieces that are really good. Obviously, Bell we've talked about. But like Peyton Pritchard, he's he's had a nice postseason for a freshman point guard. Um, they've gotten a lot of good minutes out of different guys, and Dorsey being so good has taken them to another level. I still go with North Carolina. Now, there, there is some national hand-wringing over both of these programs because they're not exactly the most lovable, likable programs. It always feels like Oregon's the little guy that you want to pat on the head because, hey, you made it to the Final Four, but the baggage for both is pretty extreme. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the, the, the rape situation at Oregon has, has made its way into the news quite a bit. And Carolina has done a great job of – they're going to stall their way to five national championships before they come back and strip them all. But yeah. they, they're going to stall their way to five. Hey, if you get a diploma, if you, you get, get a diploma, diploma right, right. you get a diploma. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's there's dirt definitely on both of them, but I, whatever, I don't, I don't really care. The North Carolina stuff just really doesn't bother me all that much, just because. They send you a degree? Yeah, we just That's know. what he got in the mail. That's <laughs> <laughs> what he got from Catherine the other day. It was a bunch of degrees. Um, it, it, it just, the, the academic thing is what it is. Like, to me, I'm used to it. But... On the other side, with the Oregon stuff, um, Rob Doster from College Basketball Talk really took out the flamethrower on this one uh, yesterday, writing about Dana Altman and that he should have been fired in 2014 for the way he handled the rape situation, which was basically three of his players were accused of rape. They knew about it. They let him play through the tournament. Well, um, And one of them had just come from Providence where he had already been accused right. of rape. Within two months, he had been accused of another rape. They kept him on the roster and covered they, it up and didn't tell anyone. Not really true. And he covers this in the article. The, the Oregon police didn't tell them who the players were. So it's not Allegedly. like they Allegedly. No, that's confirmed. That's what Oregon says. That's what the police in Oregon say. They told them, right? We're not. It, it would interfere with the investigation. We're not going to tell you who the players are at this time, which is when they were in the going into the tournament. And then after they found out, when they did find out who the players That's were, such plausible deniability though as a coach, it really is. So do you just suspend the whole team if you don't know who it is? What do you do? Do you do you give up? You forfeit the Pac-12 conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. I, honestly, I, because there's allegations. I'd find out a way to know. The police didn't tell them. I mean, Chad, come on. Like, I'd find out a way. You know how college basketball teams work in towns. If a coach wants to know, a coach absolutely knows. Get the f- out of here. 
Like, come on, dude. Don't be naive. With I, us. I, I get your point. I do get your point. But, but again, I think there is some plausible deniability there. Well, it, it had just happened. So it wasn't like this is something that Chad, unfolded for a while. Do you think if a, a UC basketball player gets accused of rape and it's in, it's known in this town, like it's in the city building, the, the police know about it, you really think that won't be spread over and McCray will find out who it is? In short order, they would find out, yes. But okay. this there happened, like as it was happening, they were going into the tournament. It was all yeah, was bang, like bang, weeks. bang. No, it was like weeks worth. It was a week. Yeah, it was close. It was, it was close. Okay, you don't think McCrone would know within a week? I mean, probably, but... but anyways, the whole point with the Austin kid was... Mu- that, that was the issue. That's what the whole issue is, is. He was accused of sexual assault when he was at Providence, and then he came to Oregon, and Doster's whole point was either... You didn't know why he was suspended, and you're negligent and you should be fired. Or you knew why he was suspended, you took a chance, and he came here and he did it again, and you should be fired. And you covered it up is basically the, the second That's part right. of that. That's not There's not a lot of hugability with either program. Well, and, there's and, really not. And they got sued. Altman yeah. and Oregon got sued, and they settled out of court for $800,000. But no charges were ever brought against the players. Or or any anything like it all worked out real well. well one, of, one of them has to win. That's all I know. Although those players aren't allowed back on campus for ten years, so there. Two of them are still playing. Ten year show calls. Yeah, <laughs> ten year show calls. <laughs> I like that. All right, let's go to the other side of things with Gonzaga and South Carolina. I, one of two things happens. Honestly, God, South Carolina wins or Gonzaga beats them by twenty because South Carolina reverts back to they can't score. Well, that's what I've kind of been going back and forth on is. Or I mean, Gonzaga, while we agree that they don't necessarily look like the most intimidating defensive team in the country, they're good. They're still number one in Ken Palm, and they still are holding opponents in the NCAA tournament and before, to an average of 59 points a game. Right, and before anybody says, well, look who you're playing in the WCC, look at who they played outside the WCC, yeah. and look what they've done in the NCAA tournament. Um, you have to Just wonder. It, score. I mean, West Virginia scores off a of defense. But yeah. But they locked them up in the half court. Xavier had been scoring great. They locked them up in the half court primary. I mean, they, they've done it with some pretty good teams. And this is a South Carolina team that was averaging 65 points a game until the NCAA tournament started. And now they're up in the upper 70s and 80s every game. Right. So when does that glass slipper fall off? Like, if the clock strikes midnight on that and they score 57 no, points, I, I could honestly, Gonzaga rolls them. I, I could also, I, honestly, I, I could see something like 71-49. And I don't know why I say that because I, I really like what South Carolina is doing. And if they won, it really wouldn't shock. I just don't, right. I don't find a happy medium here. I feel I like either. they're either going to lock them up and South Carolina is not going to score. And suddenly they're going to look and go, well, this was a hell of a run. Good for us. Or they're going to continue to make enough buckets and win the daggone thing. I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of with you on that. I I think if South Carolina gets that confidence going, if they're in that game, I think they they pull up. We're a team of destiny. Is right. kind of the feeling, right. and they get it rolling. They keep it going. Otherwise, I think you're right. I think it's kind of uh, at you know Looks five like minutes Xavier game. Five minutes in the second half, it's like, well, this is a good good run. And yeah. Here's here's to next year. Yeah. Now you already picked on Monday, but I'll I'll give you one more shot at it. Do you run Carolina all the way out just because it's a logical pick, or do you really believe that they they're the ones with the less holes? I assume. I go Carolina Gonzaga in the finals, and I've got Carolina winning. I just I think their length against Gonzaga just finally is the team that matches up really well with it and they've got they've got a few other pieces that I like more than you, Gonzaga. You, you and I both got swept into the South Carolina on Monday after the weekend they had and the way they've played. But now you've had a week to digest this. I'm gonna guess you're probably like me, you go, All right, this has got to hit a wall at some point, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean if they continue to score like they have, they're gonna win the national championship. I just have a hard time believing they're going to continue to Correct, score like right, they have. Right. They are incredible defensively. Yes. 
And if they can score 70 plus points a game, they being the be. number one defense, number two defense in the country, they're going to win a national title. But I just can't see it has to come back to earth. It's like if they get to Carolina, it's not going to come back to earth, though, because Carolina wants to play up and down and play fast. And, right. you know, I, but and they, they, they did that to Duke. I mean, they took Duke out of what Duke wanted to do. They dominated Duke for 15 minutes yep. of that second half. I want to pick South Carolina and stick with it, but it's going to be Gonzaga. I am going to go with Oregon. Oh, and then who wins it all? The Ducks. All right. going to stick with the Ducks. So you, you've, you've gone with the two, the two dogs so far. I like it. You're, you're, going, I, you're a contrarian at heart, Chad. That's I am. You are. I am. And I just thought it, it, what usually happens when everybody thinks this is easy. Correct. It's never it's easy. It's never easy. It, it never works out That's exactly true. to script. That exactly. You know, very rarely does it. So I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I got a feeling that, that Dorsey and Brooks are going to be just enough to give Carolina problems. Carolina's not going to sit down and defend. The only thing I do worry about is is not having a lot of depth inside when Carolina can kill you Kennedy on the offensive glass. And 19. Yeah, um, that part worries me. But uh, I like Dorsey and I like I like Dylan Brooks to to carry the Ducks. All right. And if, go ahead. Well, I was, you were going to get final takes. Yeah. I was going to say uh, I got a few questions. I had taken podcast questions for our podcast on my message yes. board. They had asked for like a few it. things from you guys. I like it. Um, no, Catherine. I Gate, hate your members. Catherine Gateletter was the first thing which we already addressed. Um, <laughs> they also want to know from Brendel: Has McCronin's name or any of his assistants come up anywhere with any of the jobs? Although they think most of the big time jobs are taken. Um, Mick, he's sending out a, a no. So I know NC State called, and his agent said, "Sorry, he's not taking calls." So um, uh, Darren Savino tried to get Youngstown State. Um, they wanted a guy with experience, head coaching experience, which I have to imagine if you're an assistant, that part of it can get really frustrating when you zero in well, on no, something. No, and no offense to that job. Were you, you wanted a Division two or Division three? Okay. They, they did. I didn't even see who they hired. They hired one of Hugs' old guys. Okay. He was here. Okay. He was the coach at Fairmont State okay. or what, at right. Division two. So he had like two years of head coaching experience. But some of the schools, you know, they won head coaching experience. Um, I haven't heard. I, I think Savino might have kicked the tires on Miami just a tad and said what everybody else basically said. No, yeah, I think if you're a, if you're an area guy, I think it's worth kicking the tires on. But I, once I, you really look, correct, you run away. You turned it down. I turned it down for goodness sakes, and I was never even a candidate, and I turned it down. I mean, it's just there's just so many negative factors there. It, it's just not the old. It just, just well, you just can't you can't draw an audience. Right. You can't. Uh, nobody's driving 45 minutes up there to a game and then driving back to Cincinnati. It's just it's a really difficult spot. Um, so right now it doesn't look like it. It looks like Mick Kernan's staff will continue to be number two in the country in continuity behind Michigan State. There you go. Any changes to the college game that you guys would like to see? Examples would be like Ban the charge. rid of the charge, moving three-point line to NBA range, or changing 10-minute quarters with two-shot bonus at five fouls each quarter, or anything else you guys have in the, mind. The quarter one intrigues me. I mean, I'm watching it. one of the tournaments. The NIT's got it, and maybe yeah, one of the other the NIT did it. I think the other one, the CBI. One of, yeah, I know the NIT for sure has it. I didn't watch the CBI, Skinny. I watched a little bit of the CBI. You're sicker than me. Were you looking for charges? Uh, or? There's, there's eight of us in a pool. We each took a couple teams. Oh, oh Jesus. you're degenerate. That's, okay, that makes sense. You really gambled on the freaking CBI. Yeah, it was a $10 throw in. It's, it was worth it. It kept your interest in the CBI, for goodness sake. Did but you win? No, 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 no
the definition of hustling backwards. You don't want to keep your interest in the CBI. You don't want to pay attention to the CBI at all. I'm going to watch the final tonight. Oh, my God. It's the final and the best of three championships. I, the, the, I do like that. The, the end. The end of quarter season. Yeah, I, I like that too. I just don't know how you do that in, in this in a tournament like this. Do you do it when they get to the final two and just call it best of three at that point? Because sure. it's already been a, it's already been such a crapshoot in the CBI. It's sixteen teams, so it doesn't take you very long to get down to the final two. Um, I don't. I, I do like the, the core idea. Doesn't intrigue me. Do you like that? I like it a lot. Yeah, I just I just think the. The fouling and all the free throws and everything else—it just—it's—it's it's too much right now with the current game. The half the halves are so long, and the bonus sets in with—I mean, with the way the game is being called, the bonus sometimes sets in with ten minutes or more to right. go in the half, and it's just—it's brutal. Quit fouling. Well, there, there's some of that, but I mean, but at some point, like everyone in the country does it, so it's not like even UC's games had some games that were ridiculously long this year that were in the bonus really early. So it's not just. Keep, quit fouling. And I wouldn't mind seeing the three-point line get moved. I really wouldn't. I mean, it, it's becoming almost too easy as good no, as that not. sounds. It, it, it is. It was meant to be a shot that you made 30% of the time was what it was meant to be. And these guys have gotten really good at it. They've gotten extremely good at it. I mean, initially the three-point shot when it was first in so many years ago, hang on, it was really all it was, all it was in there for was a catch-up shot. Was at the end of the game, you use a catch-up. Now teams wisely over years have used it as a weapon, and now it's really in, it's, it's not a hard shot. So it sounds like what you're saying is basketball players today are more skilled than basketball players 10, 20, 30 years no ago. I never said they weren't. No, I know, but that's interesting because I always hear AAUs ruin the game kids don't practice enough they're not skilled enough they all that i mean like but it's, it's just interesting it, it doesn't add up i will tell you yeah. I, I, the I, nba is better than ever yeah and nba I, I is better I, than I, ever I players are bas- more skilled than ever some degree basketball iq is not as high i mean that's ridiculous right, right, that is just I mean, absolutely ridiculous it's what I, old people ba- say basketball iq is low but they shoot a much higher percentage makes sense i think kids are more skilled and, I, and there's no doubt they shoot a much higher percentage skill skills got nothing to do with iq i mean i disagree with that to an extent but I think that things go hand in hand to a certain extent. Most most highly skilled players are usually your higher IQ players as well. Like if you shoot, take a lot of good shots, it's usually because you have a clue of what you're doing and how to move the ball. Or you like to take taking shots. But I mean, if you're making them, then they're good shots, right? If 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 you're making them. Well, you just said they make them more now than they ever did. Okay. So I'm just telling you, I just don't think I just don't think kids today know how to play the game as well. They just I just don't. That's my opinion. And I'm I saying that's the exact type of opinion that's unfounded and ridiculous. It just as ridiculous as saying kids aren't as skilled in AAU as ruining basketball. That's all. Okay. All right. Any Your other boy came out on that? What? David West. Yeah, David West, because this is the point. Because David he runs West, an AAU program. Well, no, because we actually see him in <laughs> AAU events, and he actually knows what's going on. Kobe Bryant doesn't go to AAU events or sponsor AAU teams. Kevin Garnett doesn't go to AAU events or sponsor AAU teams. Like These guys that are complaining have no idea what the current AAU landscape looks like. They don't know about the Nike YBL. It's ridiculous to take these guys' words and be like, oh, yeah, they're, they're right because they're Kobe Bryant. Like Kobe Bryant has no idea. Did he ever play high-level AAU? Because he was oh, overseas. He no, like, he was in France. I thought he did. I thought he played played for a team out of out of the Pennsylvania. In the, uh, of when he area. came, he was at Lower Marion, like at the very end yeah, of his okay. career. Right. So, not, not, maybe. Not, so not this is my board. point. Like I'm just but saying, he didn't come up take, in it. Taking advice from Kobe Bryant and AAU is ridiculous. Dude knows nothing about it. That's all. Never. Take advice from Rick Browning instead. Any other changes you want to see? By the way, um, why the char? I, I just the thing is, people here. Take away the charge, and they think, well, then the offensive player can do whatever he wants. And to me, that's still just be a player control foul. You can still call push if an offensive player sticks the forearm out. You can still call him for lowering his shoulder. Like you can't just bowl over guys. But 
don't let defenders set up like a parking cone and fall over anymore. Eliminate that classic charge block call that we have with collisions under the rim. Hey, and it, 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 so it extend the arc the game to the to the sidelines. Yeah, but the charge arc is a charge. Okay, okay. I know, I know. You're, you're talking about the drive charge. What, what if I'm guarding you and I beat you to a spot? You haven't even left your feet yet, but you've gone off the dribble. I beat you to a spot and you run me over. What was I? Do I use my forearm? Do I, I use run my shoulder? Just run me over. I beat you. Then don't fall down. Be tougher. I'm telling you, no one does that. Like, no one does that if you say you're not allowed to fall over like a parking cone. That collision never happens in basketball you, without it being an egregious foul on the offensive player that's easy to call, like a push. I, I thought one in the Kentucky game where De'Aaron Fox beat a guy to the spot clearly and he got run over and they called a, they called a block on him was egregious. And I see that a lot. It must have been a good call by the officials. I don't, yeah. I don't know. John, John Higgins made a lot of good ones. Shout out, Kentucky fans. BBN. <laughs> How ridiculous is that? You want to touch on that for a sec? I mean, that's what where is, I was going to go. What is there? To, what is there right, to touch on? Let, give me your okay, take we'll, on that. We'll save, we'll save on that. Get, get to whatever other questions there are. If you got some, I think that I think okay. that's okay. anything that was worth right. bringing up. Your final take, and it's worth bringing up. Of course, it's ridiculous. My my set, only set stage for people. That okay, may so not know, so John Higgins was allegedly very bad in the Kentucky game. He was so bad that he was awarded a Final Four game. So obviously he graded out terribly on that game to be awarded Final now, Four. I've got a twofold take to this. But yeah, keep going, but keep I've going. got a take on that part of it. And then Kentucky fans bombarded the Facebook his page business. of his business, which it, is a roofing company in Omaha, Nebraska. And they downgraded. They voted a one star, and were giving reviews like, "This guy's so bad at roofing, he had to become a ref." And then he was so bad at a ref that he screwed Kentucky. Um, I, I wouldn't go back. I, or he I, messed up my roof. He 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 put a hole in my roof, and he sucks. I did go not Big watch Blue. every single possession of the Kentucky-UCLA game. I, I watched a, a vast majority of it, but some of it I had put my head down to work and do a couple other things, so I did not watch literally every possession. I didn't walk away feeling it was a poorly officiated game. Was there a couple of calls probably? Well, sure. Did, did you see the mashup of his yeah, calls, though? Yeah, I know. It's it's pretty and, blatant. And, 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 I, and I would tell you, there's. And if the, you go back, to so yeah, and if you look at what his record's been when Kentucky's played, Kentucky's lost a lot of games. Kentucky shot like twenty eight percent from three yeah. with him as an official. So his three point defense is it's phenomenal. Is very good, but uh, it is ridiculous to go over the top to that. At the end of the day, as much as we all are passionate about basketball, look, the sun's coming up, man. Hopefully, well, you've got more. But in your life here's than my hot that. take on it: is is instantly all of Big Blue Nation wants to denounce this and uh, I've, I've seen the they those guys aren't even those people aren't even Kentucky fans they're probably just Louisville fans pretending to be Kentucky fans but you know right it's not right. us yeah. you know we didn't do it look man oh, if you want to if you want to be the biggest and baddest fan base in college basketball oh. own it you don't your drunk uncle that you try not to talk to at Christmas is still your drunk uncle He's still in your family. And he's the one that went online to do this. Right. You're still related. He's still go big blue, go cats. Now. Now, the flip side Own of it. The flip side of all this is just because he got a final four gig doesn't mean he's a good official. I, I, it means he graded into the what it that, means he I, was graded I, as one of the best. And honestly be more transparent. Six show officials. Yeah, yeah, show it, me the grades. It, it, is that like here's the thing. The whole officials take up for officials way too. They, they, they do. 100%. Officials are never ever wrong. Look, said the two coaches in the room. No, but they're they're not. I don't coach they're, they're, any. There's there's little. You just picked up a girls' team. You're coaching. That's, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. People forget that. Forget about Catherine's team. Yeah. No, but the, look, have some accountability and have some transparency so we can know. 
That, that's all. Okay. I, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. But it's, I'm, just, it's just all cloak and dagger when it comes to anything the NCAA does or anything refs do. So you think the NCAA went, you know what, Kentucky fans? Yes. I, I, I literally 100% think they're controlling – or they are trolling Kentucky fans with putting Higgins in the – I 100% really? think – 100%. Like, okay. I mean – I never even thought of I it. I'm all in on it. that conspiracy. <laughs> I respect them for it. Yeah, like I think it's funny that they did it, <laughs> but I also. But here's the thing: I didn't have an issue with the Facebook. I think them if ruining the his case, business is hilarious. They, like that is very funny to me. The whole, oh, I don't, the whole of them sending death threats is not funny. Yeah, like right. the death threats take it over the line. But giving them a one star review on Facebook, okay. big deal. I think that's funny. Yeah. Um, well, and if your company's good and people in Omaha know you, you're going to be fine. Anyway. And also, let's be honest. I like. I legitimately think Higgins has blatantly cheated Kentucky, and I'm not a Kentucky fan. But you watch those matchups. You watch the mashups they've made of the calls from that game. You watch. What he's done in previous games of Kentucky, he clearly he clearly is out to get them. Like there is clearly a bias there. I don't think you can argue any other and way. That, and that's, but, but here's the thing: nobody that's in the officiating community or is a supervisor is going to say anything negative in that regard. No, because right now the, the comeback is which is Chad's comeback, and it, it's the accurate one of we well, grade out high enough to be in the Final Four. No offense, that means nothing to me. That yeah, doesn't exactly. mean a damn thing. When, and, and again, it's a hard business. I get it. I, I do. And, and honestly, I know people think I'm a nut half the time. I've gotten teed up, what, five times in the last 300 games. I just don't do it. I, I know how hard it is, and there is a line to walk across and all that. And I know how, how tough Probably it is. I didn't deserve do. one of them, did you? I know I didn't deserve one of them, for sure. Probably didn't deserve any of them, did no, you? No, I deserved a couple. I did one when I flipped a guy with, with a hand, flipped my hands at him. They don't like that very much. But it's funny, whenever you talk to officials, whenever you talk, you know what they're always talking about? They don't like that very much. <laughs> they don't. They don't. I've asked them numerous of them. If I did this to you, what would you do? And I get, to, I'd bang you right then and there, man. He goes, we don't stand for that. But it's usually all you hear is, well, the mechanics on that call were great. I don't care about the mechanics. Right. Get the call right, dude. Just they care the- so much about. Did you? Were you in position like sliding correctly? Did you point the fist at the proper right. time? Did you make? Dude, I don't care about any of that. Just get I don't it right. care if you were in a multicolored shirt and basketball shorts out there refing Division One college games. How you look means nothing to me. Be able to make a freaking judgment call and use some common sense. Yes, correct, correct. That is my biggest issue with refs and ban the charge. And ban the charge. Well, well, that, that would make it easier on them. <laughs> I mean, the the charge thing is just simply because they can't officiate. That is, it. I would say they that, love making the charge call in big moments. It's so exciting for them to hop TV out there and teddy. push their fist. It is, but there's also times where I'll look and go, "That's a blatant charge," and they call it a block. So I mean, it, it is a very hard I call never see it because of this. Way. You know, the, the reason that's such a hard call, and you can, you're going to laugh because every call is subjective to some degree. That's a very. I mean, that is such a fifty-fifty call almost every single time. If you look at it, you go. Ugh, charge block. Ugh, what's it going to be? And it's almost like, how are they going to call this? But and that's because you want it to be a charge every time. No, not every time. I mean, there's, there's plenty of times guys turn their body enough or stick a hip out or anything like that. I mean, that part. I mean, your default setting is that's a charge. More times than not, it's a charge. Your default setting is that's a charge. No, I've turned to Mike's assistant on occasion and gone, we got lucky there because I watch a guy turn his body or stick a hip out and they call a charge. So, But I, I, the one thing I'll tell you, I think you're right, full is, of it, is right? it would take a lot of this. That, that's the call that gets booed and argued and complained about the most. You know, goaltending call, you get booed. And then all of a sudden you look at it again and you go, no doubt that was goaltending. And that's a subjective call sometimes unless it hits the backboard. Um you know, you go, you go over somebody's back or push them. Usually it's pretty blatant when the shove occurs and you can see that. Or when a guy literally picks a rebound off of a head and doesn't touch anybody, pretty easy then to see that eh, they, they got that one right. Block charge, I'm telling you, you watch a replay of a, of, a, of a normal block charge and 
You put 100 people in a room, 50 are going to say one thing, 50 are going to say the other. Well, here's the issue. My, my issue with that call as opposed to other calls is I feel like a lot of the other calls, you're right, are 50-50 as well. They get some right. They get some wrong. But they feel consistent, and yes. they get them right. They get them wrong. The charge thing, it's so unbelievable how often in big moments right. they go to the charge. Even when it's clearly not, they love the charge call. Putting your hands on your hips isn't as cool as punching. Yeah, doing that big hop and punch at, in a big moment and getting the crowd just roar behind you. Like, Who's that? Was that? It wasn't TV Teddy. It was Ed Hightower it, it, that loved the uh, – TV Teddy liked it too, but I think yeah, Ed Hightower liked it. Yeah, this way. Yeah. yeah. He would walk yeah. like from the baseline, and he wouldn't do anything. He would just like have punch. the fist – Pointed out and walked to half court like at a brisk pace with the fist out. It's become like their strikeout call. Like they yeah. really take pride in how they do that call, and it's it's an issue for the game. I really believe it is a problem. I tell you, but I mean, I've umpired baseball back in the day. So did I. I and the strikeout strike calls also. Calls. Exactly. <laughs> I, this is what I'm saying. I get. I worked on fine. it. And if, and if you guys did one that was actually on TV as opposed to probably a high school or youth game, you'd give it the Leslie Nielsen strikeout call. Oh, absolutely. I had my. I worked on it. Like I absolutely would. I. This is yeah. what I'm saying. I get why it's fun. <laughs> you know that there was, good. was. That's great radio. Brendel just did Brendel his just entire did his strikeout call while we watched it silently for you guys. Yeah. Do you have any 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 uh, vocals with that? Three. Three, I like it. Oh, three, three, I like it. As as he as he takes his right arm and pulls it in, and the left arm goes out. Oh man, I they, like it. You parents definitely didn't clown you at all, did they? No, no. <laughs> they got run. I sent a I sent a whole I sent a whole uh, bleachers out. One Could time. you imagine how seriously Brendel would have taken himself as an umpire? Oh. Well, the hard part was I was I was literally 16, 17 years old umpiring 15 and 16-year-olds. So your maturity level was far less than it is today, correct? Well, and you're such a big guy, too. Right. I couldn't see over the catcher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Getting back to this topic, though, yes. is, is Kentucky's fan base worse than others, or are they just bigger than others? Yes. I bigger and more passionate. I mean, and worse. I, Worse in what regard, I guess. There's just more idiots because they're so big. But but is that it? Like, see, I, I used to think Kentucky fans were bigger idiots than the others. Then I started doing this stuff, and I realized, oh, wait. There's idiots everywhere. Yeah, every fan base has major, major Alabama major football idiots. has more idiots than anybody else. Is Ohio it, State football has more idiots like than Kentucky's anybody else. louder because they have so many. And I guess the part of it is, is, is there's such a deep expectation to win that losing yeah. is hard to take. Right, wrong, or different. Well, and it becomes, and if you look at where we just talked about, like Kentucky, that's all the state has is Kentucky basketball. Alabama, yeah, they've got Auburn, and but Alabama football it's a behemoth. is all the state sure. has. Ohio State football, everybody in Ohio loves Ohio yeah, State football. You can be a Bengals fan or a Browns fan. You love Ohio State And you love football. Ohio State, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's it's a way of life for all of those people, and yeah, they, they depend on... It's hard to accept losing a close game, too. There, because there, something a lot happens. of happiness in their life depends on the outcome of those games. Yeah. More so than well, I mean, I, anybody I, I, else. I think the, 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 the one video that's gone fairly viral of the, of the scene in the bar. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, the, just the reaction of that. Well, did you hear some of the, like, some of the, there was, they talked to a bartender at one of the bars that were on the video. And he said, literally, everybody just left. Oh, I can believe it. The shot went in, full beers. Hopefully you got paid. Full beers, like the whole bar, it looked like everything stayed the exact same, and everybody just 
walked out. Oh, did they get paid? Heck yeah, they got the extra 20% gratuity on all the credit cards oh, that were left there. That's a good call. There, there were probably 60% credit cards yeah, left. No everybody just Give left. me your card before you. Everybody's on a tab to start the day. Yeah. Everybody just left. Tremendous stuff. All right, boys, we'll, uh, we'll be back to uh, wrap up the season next week, and, uh, and then we're going to look ahead to maybe some summer stuff we're going to do. It's kind of sad. It is. It's been a lot of fun. We disagree on a lot of stuff. But it's okay. I mean, hang on. You've united a fan base, two fan bases, though. I feel proud of that because because they hate me, which is good, which is all right. You see, and Xavier fans all hate you. Yeah, but they've come to the one group has come to like you a little bit, or at least. At least tolerate Sometimes. you. It depends same on... Same for you, Boring. I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy with it. No, got, they, I don't they think that's Rich. true. You yeah. got, you got <laughs> I, I had somebody out of this. You, yeah. got, you got apparently a team you're going to coach out of this, I, possibly. Somebody, my life's really changed. Somebody on my board's looking forward to seeing him in public so they can punch him in the face. They've said that multiple oh, times. Dude, and tell, tell him to come and try me. <laughs> come tell, and see me. Tell him to come and try me. I would love that. <laughs> you got to drop the come and see me in there. Yeah. That's tremendous. All right. We'll be back to break it down. Enjoy the final We'll get nostalgic next week. Yes, we will. We'll cry then. Have a good one.